Native New Yorker Anthony Ramos is no stranger to the blinding lights of Broadway. His dual role in Hamilton, which has been dubbed the biggest musical of all time, was only the beginning for the multi-talented actor, singer, songwriter. Raise a glass to freedom. Something they can never take away. With the film release of the much anticipated In the Heights, the New York Times dubbed Ramos bona fide leading man. With his voice prominently on display in some of his biggest roles to date, a successful recording career seemed imminent, as made apparent by the millions of views on the music video for his 2019 hit single Mind Over Matter, off his debut album, The Good and the Bad. In 2021, Anthony dropped his follow-up album, Love & Lies, thereby cementing his place in the music industry. Whether it's landing a leading role in the upcoming blockbuster Transformers franchise or locking himself in a studio to create more music, one thing is for sure. Anthony Ramos is a rising star that can't be denied. My name is Tamara Dia. This is The Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And today, that's Anthony Ramos. What's up, Tamara? Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. Yeah, so you said you're in Montreal shooting, you know, like overnight shoots. I, I'm assuming it's Transformers. Is that what you're there for? It's Transformers. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're in Montreal uh, shooting at night. So, you know, we started like six or five or something, and then we go to like five or six in the morning. Whenever the sun comes up, I mean, we push it every night. It's, it's, it's whenever the sun comes up. So, uh, Transformers, though, that's iconic. I actually heard that you had to get your driver's license to do the film. Is that true? Yes. The answer is yes. My director was like, you know, yo, we got this car, we need you to drive it. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't need to drive in the movies. Like, there are ways to put places to put the camera and things to do to make it. And um, I don't, you know, and I'm not doing any crazy car stunts, like things that I've never done before. But, but yes, he was like, "It'd be nice if you got your license because we'd like you to drive the car." And I was like, "Okay, great." So I had like a two week window to try to book a road test and pass. Well, I feel like people that aren't actually New Yorkers don't understand that you can go to age 30 and not have your license. So I'm assuming that's your reason for not having your license at this point. Yeah. I mean, I never needed it. Yeah. I was riding the train my whole life. And then, you know, and then later on, Uber came out and I was like, whoa, what is this? You can like use your phone to call a stranger come and roll up to your career like you know like we used to have the cab services but i wasn't calling cab services when i was a kid but later on you know so i was like train the uber the lift the this to that i was like yo i don't need to drive until i did but i did get my learner's permit for another movie as well wait so what can you tell us about transformers like, obviously there's a, a huge fan base for that film and what an incredible role you know for you to do so what, what, what inside tips can you give us uh, well, I, we're really we're really going all out. Like Transformers is going to be crazy. Uh, I think our director Stephen Cable Jr. has such a vision. Uh, it's so vivid. Like this dude is like I'm talking about. He's so locked in. It's amazing uh, being on set and and working with him. And, and uh, for anybody who's a fan of Transformers, you know the Beast Wars 
uh, are part of that world, and it's it's amazing that we're incorporating the Beast Wars into this into this world of Transformers. I'm so honored to be a part of this group of amazing um, actors, and Dominique Fishback, and now Toby and Wigway doing his first like movie, and he's such an incredible artist, and I think he he brings he brings this uh, uh, amazing electricity to the movie. Uh, you know, the same electricity you feel when you listen to his music or you see him. Uh, you see him do his thing in his videos and think he's brought it to this film and I'm just I'm just so excited. Dominique is uh, actually today's my first day with Dominique on set and we've been friends for like six years and she's from Brooklyn and I'm from Brooklyn and there's like a thing when you're from New York and you're doing movies or TV or whatever, film, theater, you find each other, you know, even music, all of it. So, uh, so I'm excited. I'm really, really, really pumped to to do this with them. And and I, I don't, I can't give out story, you know, plot and stuff like that. But let's just say there's some there's some stuff in this movie that's gonna make pe- people go crazy, especially at the end, especially the fans, the people who've been, you know, the ride or dies. They're gonna they're gonna lose their mind. We also know from earlier, you're this triple threat where you're singing and dancing. Obviously, the success of In the Heights is so incredible. Um, so out of the three of those mediums, do you have a favorite? Oh, writing songs, for sure. Writing songs is my favorite thing to do. There's nothing more fun than going into a room, not having anything. You, there's no beat. There's no nothing. Like Even like one of the songs on my album, the song called Masterpiece, my boy Jesse Shackin, who produced it, you know, shout out to Jesse. He goes, he's like, I was like, he's playing us beats. I'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling any of those today. But then we kept like two for later. But I'm like, what else you, you know, what else you have? He's like, oh, I got these strings. I was like, oh, let's hear the strings. And he's just playing these different strings, and he played this set of strings, just this one like stem of strings. And I was like, yo, that's the beat. Let's put eight oh eight under that, and let's write the song to that. You can feel something and then just like go with that feeling and like not that you can't do that in other mediums, but like I heard the strings. I was like, oh, this feels like this is a classical vibe, but you put the 808s underneath it. But what do you associate with classical music? At least the strings made me think of like a museum or a gala or something. And I said, sometimes you see art and sculptures in a gala in a museum. And I said, we see masterpieces sometimes, right? You think about paintings. And then I thought about the Louvre. And then it became like, what if this song was about the most beautiful masterpiece, the most beautiful human you've ever seen in your life? Well, I mean, you didn't just drop a song. You dropped an entire album. Congratulations on your sophomore album, Love and Lies. We got to talk about the title because I feel like there's something very like deeper with that title. Can you explain that? Like why you decided to, to go with that for your album title? I think this year, especially during 2020, it was a hard year, I think, for a lot of people. But I can only speak for myself. There were a lot of challenges in that year. Right. In in my relationships with people, like my relationship with myself, there was a lot of quiet. And in that quiet. Right. I think there's like a storm can kind of merge or show itself. But in that storm, I felt was so much good music. I have to let it out. But this album became about a feeling. I said, like, what's the feeling that I turn to when I'm feeling like this, what I'm feeling right now? And it's the, and it's turning up. I'm like, I like to be with people. I like to connect. The thing that I cannot do right now, I want to make music that makes you want to do that. So that when we get back to the place where we can do that, they got the record, you know, and, and I have the record, you know, really. And and uh, and then the, the, the themes of, of, of these songs came about with like, you know, 
This the first album was more autobiographical, and every single song was about like a personal story, you know. But like this second album, I just said wherever we wherever the beat is taking us, let's write about that. And it just so happened to be that every single beat that was played, it was about the mood. I wanted this album to be about a mood. I said, yo, it's gotta feel like this joint has got. I, I want rhythm. I want this joint to make you feel like you cannot stay in your seat. And I and I want this joint to reflect all the different types of music that I've grown up uh, listening to, right? And that have inspired me and sort of like shaped the way I even make music. And that was how each and every one of these songs came about. The beats, right? And the feeling. And then the words came after when someone in the room, whether it was me or somebody else or whoever, was like, yo, what if we wrote about this? And everybody unanimously is like, that's crazy. Let's write about that. I locked in with my man, Will, and we was like, yo, like... What feel like the best 12? You know, we had 70 songs to pick from. And we were like, what feels like the best 12? We got them down to 30, then 25, then 18, then 14, and then 12. I mean, you can get a 14-track album if you buy it at Target. But the rest <laughs> of the album, everywhere else, is 12 songs. So so that was, the after putting the tracks together, it was almost, it almost felt like these themes led back to the Love and Lies track. That, that that fourth track on the album, the theme of that, like a person who just like is caught between the selfishness of their own life, but at the same time, like wanting to be in love, but not really understanding how to do that. And it's, sometimes it's like what we think is love isn't, right? And then also on the flip side, we talk ourselves out of love. We tell ourselves sometimes so many lies that we self-sabotage ourselves out of actually knowing what love is. That's what this album felt like. The theme of these songs, the heartbreak, the long nights, the lust, the this, the that. All the, the arrows started to lead back to the album track. And I was like, yo, that's that. That's the title. I didn't realize this is low-key going to be a therapy session over here. I, like, I feel seen. I'm like, yeah, we all lie to each But I mean, congratulations, though, because I do love that the um, you have so many different sonics, like sonic variants on the album. I feel like you go through so many different genres, which is so dope to see. You touched a little bit about the hardships that we've obviously all faced over the last, you know, year and a half, two years with everything that's been going on. And I know mental health is something that's very important to you. And I feel like in the past few years, that's something that has been less taboo to discuss, you know, on a public stage. Why do you think that is? It's hard to tell people you're hurting, right? You, you ask anybody, when, when we finish this interview, wherever you are, when you walk outside, the next person you know, ask them how they're doing. And I'm sure the first thing they're going to say is, I'm good, how are you? It takes too much effort to tell somebody I'm hurting. Well, what's wrong? I'm fine. You know, I'm not fine. I'm hurting. This is happening. You know, this, I'm living in a single parent home. Uh, we're poor. I'm growing up in the projects. There's violence. There's drugs. There's alcohol. There's this, this, that. I got trauma. And the first time I got into therapy was was when I was uh, 16. A teacher of mine. I was going through a lot at home. And my teacher, Miss Harm Violette, uh, shout out to Miss H. She goes... She's like, Anthony, I really think you need to see Mr. Jacobs, Jason Jacobs, who I actually FaceTimed this morning, which is so funny. Jason Jacobs, I was FaceTiming him this morning. And I'm talking to, uh, which is so funny, like uh, that we're talking about this. But she goes, I think you need to see him. I think you need to talk to him. And I was like, nah. And, and me, I was like, no, I'm not talking to him. Nah. For what? I'm good. I don't need help. But I, I really did. 
you know, and um, and uh, finally I, I agreed after she told me, you know, she, she, she tried to, she persuaded, you know, she kept telling me, yo, you need to see him, you need to see him. I'm telling you, you should just, just see him once. Do it for me. <laughs> And um, and thank God it was it was the best thing I had done in high school for real. Like you know, finding theater and meeting him were probably the two best things. And my you know my teacher Sarah Steinwise and Miss H like those three mentors. You know my coach Demarco, but I had like these angels in school that really like really were looking after me. But being with Jason Jacobs and having we used to have these sessions where it was me and three other guys. Um, it was Jimmy a guy a guy named Jimmy Paul and Kareem. Me and Jimmy and Paul were the same age. Kareem was like two grades below us, or one grade below us, I think. And we used to just sit there and we would open up about what was happening in our homes. And it's crazy like how comforting it can feel, and this might sound cliche, but how comforting it can be to know that you're not alone. Someone might not be going through the exact same thing as you, but someone might be feeling the pain or the level of pain you feel from your own situation, from their situation. And that, even can be comforting sometimes. You know how they say misery loves company? Except in this situation, it's like people who are hurting who want to get better need to be around people who are hurting who want to get better, like who are doing the work to get better though. Not somebody who's hurting and wants to stay in it. And then later on, you know, I was having relationship problems and, you know, got that ultimatum like, yo, know, man, you need to go to therapy or it's a wrap. And I was like, all right, but, you know, I've been going to therapy for two years. And it's changed. You know, it's changed the game for me, man. It's changed the way I, you know, I think. You know, even little things like so wild to really like talk things out because sometimes we don't even realize how we're treating people or how we're treating ourselves or how how we're even moving through the world because we're just moving, doing our thing, and we're just doing whatever we want to do. Uh, one thing she said to me that was so interesting was she said, "You have a problem telling people what you need." I don't know why that hit me so hard. I spent so much of my life trying to not have trouble because I was saw trouble or there was trouble in my home or there was, right? And it was always, how do I avoid trouble? How do I just keep my head down and survive? How do I just get home from school without getting jumped, right? So it's like when you grow up that way, instinctually, right? If your food is cold, you don't want to tell the waiter that it's cold. It's all right, I'll eat it, it's cool, you know? If somebody skipped you in the line, it's all right. I'm not even going to say nothing. It's cool. Let them. Right? Like, it's all about how do I just avoid trouble? And she said, there are a lot of advantages to that. There are. But there are also, and it, but she always asks me, what are the advantages of that feeling of that thing? And then what are the disadvantages? And they always, yo, I'll be like, it breaks my brain when I try to go through the list of advantages of 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 that type of behavior and the disadvantages. She even she even you know and and uh, and that was a big discovery for me you know and that's something that I'm working on and that's something that's like you know saying what I need without without feeling bad about it. While a lot of people now, like we said, it's not as taboo and people are more open about therapy and they're going, but you know there's a lot of people that don't have access to it. So what? other things do you do to help maintain your mental health? Like for me, I work out. Like that's how I kind of, if I don't have the access or whatever it is to go talk to someone, then I'm like, let me go work this out. Um, what do you do? I work out as well, man. I love it. I love training. It does the same amount for my body that it does for my mind, you know? And then like, you know, when I'm on it, sometimes I'll be slacking and I don't be praying. I don't be, you know what I'm saying? I don't meditate. Like the praying meditation, like really like, you know, locking in with, 
you know, with God and locking it up with, up above in the higher power. You know what I'm saying? Like understanding that I woke up today that I'm up and I have a shot, you know, um, to do something that I didn't do yesterday. You know, one of my boys says something to me that is so good. He says, yo, happy me, happy we. Oh, I like you that. know what I'm saying? He always, my boy Joel, he says that to me all the time. He's, bro, yo, happy me, happy we. Do things for people too. I think sometimes we associate like, or, or generosity is all up, like we associate generosity solely with just money or like finances or things. But I'm like, generosity comes from time, effort, love. Like that's all generosity. You don't need to have money to be generous. When we do things for people, there's something that happens innately in the human body that I feel like, and like this could sound mad philosophical. I'm ready. But, but like, but I feel like we're here for each other, you know, and there's this thing that I think humans do, especially nowadays, and especially with I mean, social media, man, and the selfies and the, the, you know, it's like, there's like this level of me, 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 that it becomes so hard for us to be generous, give each other praise or, or show each other love. And it's not about like, what you can buy for people all the time. I think sometimes like, it's just, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is like being generous, um, it, it's a beautiful thing, not only for someone else, but it does do things to you. I wrote a lyric on my first album that it, it was a song called, it's a song called Figure It Out. It's like, I give advice to my friends about their problems, but when they mind, I forget how to solve them. I've been throwing pain in this closet, hoping I eventually forget about it. You know, I'm filling my mind with distractions, wasting my time on bad habits, spending my nights with the Migos, feeding my ego. You know what I mean? Like drinking alcohol or whatever. You know, why am I pushing away what silence has to say? Why do I push through the day like tomorrow's going to figure it out? Like someone else will figure it out, right? It's like, I'll be the first one to give somebody advice, but don't know how to take my own advice. This episode of The Spell Podcast is brought to you by Headspace. So you've probably tried meditation before and it didn't work, right? Or maybe you felt like you were just doing it wrong. Perhaps all you need is just a little bit of guidance. There's a reason why so many people swear by meditation as part of their mental health plan, including myself. When I first started meditating, I just couldn't turn my brain off. But with practice and a little bit of guidance, it's become one of the best tools to help me relieve stress. I'm here to say you shouldn't give up on it. Try Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Their stress reliever guided meditation has helped me in moments where my anxiety has tried to take over. And instead of spinning out, I just put on my headphones, breathe, and listen to my guide. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Trust me, you deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com spout. That's headspace.com spout for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Again, that's headspace.com spout.
Well, it's easier, I think, to give advice than take it, right? You know, because when it's your own thing, it's um, it's hard to go outside of yourself and not feel the emotions that you're going through and take something at face value. But when you see a friend or someone you care about going through something, you can see it at face value. And you're like, look, this is what I think would help you. And, you know, and in a way that you're saying about being generous, perhaps listening to them is the generosity, you know, as you were saying, like, it's not just monetary, right? Um, I want to go back, you, uh, you, you said the word social media, and then you grabbed your face and pulled it down. And honestly, I feel like the exact same way. Um, and we are talking obviously about uh, mental health and stuff, but there is a good thing about social media. And there's something that I saw on your TikTok recently. And I think it's something great because it's, um, I, I love the power of now. It, maybe you, you do too. I feel like the way you've been talking, it seems like you subscribe to that as well. But being in the moment and understanding the magnitude of the moment that you're in, you had a TikTok where you went to Times Square and you looked up and you saw the huge in the heights billboard and you i I just saw in your face like you took in the moment and it was a beautiful thing that you shared on social media what were you feeling you know because it it really is like i mean what was that like for you to walk into times square and see this huge billboard of yourself and a project that was so close to you i mean that was that was that was a moment for me it was that was crazy like that was beautiful you know and and uh and I was like, man, this this is this is this is so cool. Those those things about social media are fire. It's almost like an extension of a celebration, you know. I I went there with like my brother and, and one of my boys, and like it was it was just like it was a, a beautiful moment for me. And I was like, yo, let's share it, you know. But for the most part, it, it gets hard. Like, where's the line between bragging and like between celebrating? Where's that line? And I think that line is so blurry. I even sometimes get hesitant about even putting up videos like that, but I was like, nah, this is so fire. It's just so fire, let's put this one up. I come from the school where you should congratulate yourself. So if I do something that I'm proud of, I'm gonna congratulate myself because not all of us grew up in a situation where people were congratulating you and patting you on the back. So sometimes you gotta do it for yourself. You know, and I agree, there's this, the self-gratitude on social media is a tough thing to navigate. But when there is a huge moment like that, I think it's totally an amazing thing to say, I did that, you know? And that was a cool thing that you shared and I think you should continue to do that. And then whatever I dream that I have, it inspires me to be like, I want that moment. You know what I mean? Like, I wanna stand there and be able to bring my family and be like, look what I did. Like I did this. I mean, whatever that manifests into some people, it's a billboard, some people it's a a thesis paper or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? But I think we should congratulate ourselves. I think there's, there's this level of like, it's funny, like even in therapy, my therapist also said like, do you struggle with not feeling good enough often? And I said, yeah, I do. And again, she asked me, what are the advantages of that? What are the disadvantages, right? that also like can stem into not being able to ask for things you need, like how we talked about earlier, right? Cause I don't even feel like I'm good enough to ask for the thing that I think I need. Mm-hmm. I should just be grateful for what I have right now. Not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy. Like, yo, I'm not even deserving of any of this. And like, look, it's all a blessing, right? Like, I think hard work mixed with a little bit of being in the right place at the right time and miracles happening, like things like that, right? But I think there's that thing where it could all go away tomorrow. I don't feel good enough for like, yes, I don't want to get too excited. 
that's why I think it can be difficult for me to even want to put up a video like that. I didn't want to put that video up. You know, I got like a, you know, team that helps me with social media and stuff like that because I ain't good at it. And um, they were like, yo, they wanted to put that. They've been wanting to put that video. I was like, nah. But then finally, you know, one of my boys kept pushing me. He's like, yo, put that up, bro. That video's fly. Put that up. So I put it up. And I'm happy I did. But sometimes, you know, you can feel like, you know, uh, nah, it's just like, just move on to the next one. Keep my head down because it could all go away. Let me not. Let me not celebrate too hard. Let me not celebrate the wins. You know, let me not celebrate those moments. You know, I'll keep that for me, you know, which is what we did before social media. Uh, but it is cool. Thanks for the encouragement. It is cool that yeah, uh, of course. that we have the opportunity to, to share in those moments. And hopefully, you know, in that moment, someone that has that feeling, like you said, like, man, I can't wait to have a moment like that. Like, that's coming for me. I know that's coming for me. And you know, I, I'll never forget when I said I, I, I walked up to Chris Jackson. He was a we, we did Hamilton on Broadway together. And, and Chris Jackson spoke at my graduation, my college graduation. And I, I, I shook his hand. He gave the commencement speech and I shook his hand when he handed me my like certificate of completion. And I said, yo, my man, I can't wait to work with you one day. And he goes, yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, I right, mean, I'll see you there. Something like that. Next thing you know, we were bowing together. At the end of the show in Hamilton, you know, so I think it's like manifestation and really like believing that you can uh, do something. And you're right, celebrating it sometimes. So I have a hard time celebrating. I, I got so surprisingly, I got nominated for an Emmy for 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 Hamilton. Didn't even like I was not expecting it, nothing. And I had a hard time even celebrating that. I ain't gonna win anyway. Like I'm telling you, it was like the flood of feelings came in that prevented me from like just celebrating this moment. Ah. The one moment that I had where I did celebrate it was when I called my mom. My mother was more excited than me and that got me hyped. Seeing my mother so excited. She's like, Papa, I was praying this morning and I just had this feeling and it was just like, I had a feeling something good was gonna happen. And like, you call, now you're calling me? Oh man, like praise the Lord. Like I knew it, I knew it. That's so amazing. But, and I was like, you know what? It is cool. Well, now I wonder, I mean, you were on the cover of Time Magazine, you know, like I, I wonder in those situations, like, is that something where you look at the cover and you're like, all right, next, or is it a moment that you take in, like you did at the Billboard in Times Square and you're like, this is a huge achievement. I am proud of myself and I'm just gonna hopefully keep stacking. To be honest, I haven't really taken in, taking it all in in general, like the, 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 the Time Magazine, I didn't even realize how big that was, but to be, if I'm gonna be really frank, like my friends, I had people calling me like, yo, bro, you on the cover of Time Magazine. And I was like, man, like, that's what's up. You know, but like, I didn't realize that that's like a thing. Mm -hmm. And I was honored that they included me in that. But I think when I do the work and when I do what I do, you know, I don't expect things in return. You know, I don't except for a check. If I sign a contract, I expect the check to go through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> other than that, like, I don't expect accolades. I don't expect compliments. I just do it because I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing in that moment, hopefully. Or sometimes I'm doing something and I'm like, I hope this is the right thing for me to be doing right now. I mean, I, it feels like it, but I don't know. Honestly, it hit me when I saw it on Jimmy Fallon. I was like, yo, Jimmy got the magazine. I don't even have the magazine. And he put it up and I was like, wow, that's that's dope. That's really cool. 
you know, it's one thing to post about it, but to see the hard copy and to see it, that's really cool. You just like do the work and you hope that, uh, that people acknowledge it and they see it or they listen to the music or they watch the movies or whatever it is and that they feel something from it. And then there's always a bonus when you get things extra, especially things like that, like Time Magazine, which then be like, oh, watch his stuff or watch, listen to his album. Right. Like those are the things that that I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it all leads back to the work. How did you take in getting a song on the Space Jam soundtrack? Immediately. Yeah. I was like, yo, this is fire. <laughs> but yo, even with that song, we were like, yo, I kept checking in. Like every now and then I'd be like, yo, is the song going to be on the record? Like, are they vibing with it? Do they like it? Like what's happening with it? Like, like well, how they feeling about it? And I was like, ah, I haven't heard anything back. They're not gonna put. They're not gonna even gonna put the song on the, on the album. I know they're not gonna do it. It's fine. Like it was again that thing. I'm not good enough. It started to whirl in. I was like, no mind. They're not gonna do it. I haven't heard anything back. Nothing. 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 Finally, my manager's like, yo. So Space Jam comes out this day. I was like, yo. So we got the joint. She's like, yeah, we got the joint. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was such a blessing, man. Like that. That was sweet. And they, they just sent me some headphones, which is cool. These like Space Jam headphones. I was like, yo, I'm on the Space Jam soundtrack. I, yo, I'm not even going to lie. When Space Jam started following me on Instagram, I was like, yo, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> hard. I'm going to give you one last question before I let you go. I know you had a really long night, so I'm going to let you get your beauty rest. Um, but this is like a question I like to ask at the end. And um, if you were to get in a time machine and to go forward five years from now, where do you see yourself and what do you see yourself doing? Mm. Where do I see myself? See myself in my house that I bought, you know, chilling with my family, hopefully, enjoying all this work that I'm putting in right now. You know, and not to say that the work won't stop, but I hope that in five years I have more opportunities or rather I take I learn how to take more opportunities to again, like you said, enjoy enjoy the, the moments. You know, right now I feel like I work, 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 work. And I hope that like in five years, I, um, I'm i still grinding. You know, that's never gonna stop, that's a part of me. But I'm just doing it in a way where I, I, I create more windows and space for me to actually enjoy the work that I'm doing. Enjoy the fruits of the work that I'm doing and sit back and enjoy it with the people I love um, in a place that I love, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's at home or whether it's in, you know, Puerto Rico or wherever I decide to go, wherever I want to, you know, travel to or wherever it is, you know, that's really, that's really the goal. The goal for me is to is to continue to sh- keep pushing, but, uh, but in five years, be able to just like create these windows of space where I just like, I do it and it's intentional, mm-hmm. you know, and I know how to do that for myself, which I think will only make my work better. It will just make me better as is in all the other areas of my life, you know. Do you have a dream role? played it already it really was usnavi that was yeah. a dream role it really I mean, you was. played a, you played a, probably a lot of people's dream roles so that was definitely <laughs> iconic <laughs> yeah that that was uh yo man that was wild like you know people ask me that like what's your dream role and i'm like yo i did it Amazing. i did it i think the next dream role for me is the one that i that i make i mean to be honest you know i'm doing it now in transformers too which is you know be as a dream it's a dream that i didn't know i had was to be the lead of a franchise it's something I would always say, you know, the dream role changes, the dreams album changes, all those things change for me. 
time and time again, you know, it's like, oh, I thought that was the dream, or that was the dream. Thank God we we did it. Like, now let's let's uh, let's go for the next one or whatever. And I don't get all of them, but it's nice when you get one or two or whatever it is. But my dream role is like the next one that I write, you know, and I'm gonna do it. I just gotta, I just gotta have the courage to put that, you know, start typing things in the computer or start yeah. writing, you know what I'm saying? So you're gonna start doing like screenwriting and make your own film. I think it's, it's one thing at a time, especially watching directors work for the last, you know, this is like my 10th movie now, something like that, and watching these guys work, these men and women just do this incredible work. I can't be directing and trying to do an album at the same time. It, it requires a lot of focus, a lot of rest, a lot of time, a lot of concentration. So, you know, when I'm ready to lock in, I think it's, it's going to happen. I'm also soaking it in. I'm like, all right. As I'm you should. shadowing everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe when we get in that time machine and you go four or five years, you'll be at the premiere of the movie that you directed and wrote and starred in. And come on, let's go. I'm saying, man, you're speaking things into existence. We out here. We we, we doing that. Um, Well, thank you so much. What's your five year plan? Hold up, before we hang up, what's your five year plan? My five years. Where, where do you see yourself five? Yeah, where do you see yourself? Well, you know, as many people have asked this question, no one's ever asked me. Um, you know, I think I have similar goals. Like, I'd love to own my own house one day, and you know, be surrounded by people that I love, and everyone's happy. And for me, honestly, mm-hmm. I would love to host my own TV show, um, and you know, get back to a place where everyone's healthy, and I can be in a studio and interview people next to me, and there's no pandemic going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, thank you for asking. That is my five-year plan. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see your TV show in five years. Let's go. Let's clap it up again. Let's go. I'll have you on and you can promote your your, your film that you've directed and, and written and started. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Sounds Anthony, good. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Go get some rest. We need to see this Transformer movie come out because we were very, very excited. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. See more of our conversation with Anthony Ramos at Spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter or at spoutpodcast.com. Next week, Bozzy spouts off. Yeah, it's important to me, man. I, I like the idea of like the classic, like, I, you know, I think radio in a lot of ways is very iconic and, you know, the classic airwaves and kind of putting new life and how the flowers are kind of growing on it, you know, signifying like that rebirth of it almost in a way. Be sure to listen to the Spout Podcast every Thursday night at 9 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout.